The following pre-recorded program is paid for by Carla Swanigan Ministries. Get ready to experience and receive the grace you long for from the heart of God. Welcome to Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Carla is a wife and mother, international speaker, minister, and engaging storyteller known for her transparency with an impactful testimony of how God has transformed her own life. Her desire is to connect you with the heart of God and the truth of how he truly loves and sees you. If you're hurt, if you're broken, if you yearn for God's love and acceptance, let the healing begin. Now, here's Carla Swanigan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Scandalous Grace, where we leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. I'm Carla Swanigan, and I'm so glad you're joining us today on the show. We have one of my favorite people, like I always love to say, but it's absolutely true. We have Eric Reamer on the show today. Eric's not your typical preacher. In fact, some would say he's a businessman, a father, a best-selling author, and radio and television host. And if you would ask him, he'd say he's just a guy who wants to honor God in any way possible. Together with his business partner, Angel Tussie, Eric hosts four hours of radio every weekday. The nationally syndicated Experience Pros radio show from 2 to 4 on 1690 AM KDMT and Crosswalk from 4 to 6 PM right here on 94.7 FM The Word. And when he's not on the radio, he's supporting the needs of small business owners across America. Welcome, Eric. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so very much. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, we, we left one of them out. Oh, what's that? I am a theological mutt. Oh, yeah. We've talked about that a little bit on, I've got to be a guest on your crosswalk show before. Um, Why don't you just start and tell us a little bit of um, your story. I I love your story so much. Well, I love that your program is called Scandalous Grace because uh, I'm I'm bringing it today. That's for sure. Um, So I I grew up in a house that really didn't understand faith. Uh, And what I mean by that is, I guess that the term that people use is creasters. Mm. I, you know, my, my family took us to church on Christmas and Easter. And aside from that, the occasional VBS during the summer, I didn't really, uh, I, I didn't really know anything about God or what was going on. Um, so you know, grew up in the Lutheran church and, um, kind of just did what they told me to do. Yeah. Right. And by the time that I was 12 years old, I was full blown into some really bad stuff. Mm. I got involved in drugs. I made some really poor decisions. I uh, the, the word embezzlement comes to mind when I was 16 years old. By that time, I'd kind of been swayed into um, the, the organized Church of Satan. Wow! Um, it like was, legitimately, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I was, you know, I was making really poor decisions. And by that time, I was also using the Catholic Church as a cover for my activities in the satanic church. So like telling your family and your friends that you were going, well, the, the, the family. So my father, I kind of going to have to go back. My, my natural mother had a stroke when I was eight years old, massive cerebral hemorrhage. And by the time, uh, she passed seven and a half years later, my dad had remarried. Uh, so he divorced my mom to remarry her nurse. And, uh, she was a diehard Catholic and so I literally went kind of into the Catholic church, uh, with, with no options. I had mm, to, had to do that. Gotcha. Right. Okay. And, uh, so I used the Catholic church as kind of a cover using, you know, I was a good altar boy. I did a lot of the things that the Catholic church kind of required of us. And from there, uh, moved into, uh, some really bad stuff and got busted for all that stuff. 
And my parents said, no more. we got to do something with you. And they sent me to a program called Teen Challenge. Mm, I've heard of that. Yeah. The Teen Challenge is a, a faith-based drug and alcohol rehabilitation program. And for kids and, and adults who have life-controlling problems. And I certainly had that. Mm-hmm. So I, I went into the program. I got saved. Now, how old were you at this 16. time? Okay. Yeah, 16 years old. And it was a choice of either doing that or facing uh, a good long term in a federal penitentiary for that embezzlement thing that we just talked yeah. about. Yeah. And so instead of the, the prison, I chose Teen Challenge. I chose the Lord. And at 16 years old, I realized that not only did God love me, but then I had a calling on my life. Mm. And so I decided to pursue that calling. And I went in after I got done with Teen Challenge. It's a one-year program. It took me 18 months to graduate. And it gives you an idea of (laughs) what I brought to the table. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided to go into ministry. So I went to Bible college in uh, in Costa Mesa, California. And long story short, out of Bible college, I decided, I think God's calling me back to the ministry of Teen Challenge. And my then wife and I became the program directors of Teen Challenge of Wyoming. How cool to sew back into the ministry that basically saved your life. The very same ministry. I went back to the same program. There's there's hundreds of Teen Challenges around the world. I went back to the same one where I found my salvation. And uh, for the next four years, uh, my wife and I were the program directors of that, that facility, helping hundreds of kids figure out what's right in life. That's so awesome. Yeah. Okay, and then what? Uh, you know, I got uh, I got done with that phase of ministry, and I decided um, I, f- I still felt a calling to go out and do something. I wanted to be an evangelist, but I didn't want to be your garden variety evangelist. And I have a friend who was the number one Christian illusionist in the world. Oh, wow. And so I decided to kind of go back and revisit that. I remember, you know, when I was a kid, I used to do magic tricks, and... Now, as a, an adult, and I, I know what the word says, the Bible says magic is bad, and it's drug-induced psychosis, and it's witchcraft, and it's sorcery. I didn't want to have anything to do with any of that stuff. Yeah. But my friend and I, also a pastor, um, really went through this this strong study of the word, and we realized, you know something? What the Bible calls magic, witchcraft, sorcery, drug-induced psychosis, playing with the dark arts and the spooky spiritual stuff, yeah, has nothing to do with making a coin disappear yeah. or pick a card and, and I'll tell you what you chose. That's all mm-hmm. sleight of hand. It's using usual things in unusual ways. So I created a career in that and five world tours, 13 years of, of touring all over the world wow. uh, led me back to Denver where I actually became the children's pastor of a small church, which is where I met my business partner, Angel Tussie. And the rest is history. We've kind of gone into uh, business together. We have a, a business that serves hundreds of small businesses nationwide. Yeah. Will you talk about that a little bit? Because I love the premise behind yeah. your show and, and your business show and everything about it. Will you just share a little bit about that? Because I've never heard anything like it until I met you. So the, the beginning, it starts with our tagline and it's positive business talk mm-hmm. and that we are creating a revolution in the way people treat people in business. And the whole idea of it was when you look at major market media, everything that you see is either it bleeds, it leads, or, mm. you know, let, let's talk about the murders. Let's talk about the, the horrible things that are happening. Let's talk about the market crash. Let's talk about the disasters. Yeah, it's so negative. It can be. It can be overwhelming because every newspaper you open, do you remember newspapers? Yeah. <laughs> every every um, 
every television show that you watch, every radio show that you listen to, it's all the negative stuff. And people, people are angry, even in the Christian community. It's, you know, it's Christianity, sports, news. It's either it's my way or mm-hmm. you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And we get angry with the people who are not, don't believe or see things in our worldview. And I don't find that that lines up 100% with the way Christ treated people. Right. And so our mission, if you will, in a business talk show is to reach across the boards and say, we can do something positive. We can work together. Together we are stronger than we are separate, mm-hmm. you know, separated. And it, it, it works. Yeah, I love that. I think it's great. I think it's a great model for anybody in business. You know, sometimes people think... I mean, I was in sales for years, so I was, you know, what they call the marketplace, you know, and, and when I came back to the Lord and started walking with him again, that changed my whole attitude, even how I operated at my job and my attitude, not just with my coworkers, but also with my clients. I wanted to be, I mean, I always had integrity, but I was really more aware that I was representing Christ right? and that, that he caused me to be of godly character and a kind and loving, gentle heart and also wise. One of the the big challenges in Christianity is that we often believe erroneously that ministry happens in the four walls of the church. Mm -hmm. And if we look at Christ as the example, there were no four walls to the church. That's right. He was in and among and about the people. And, you know, he he said, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick, Mm -hmm. right? He hung out with tax collectors and prostitutes and, and he wasn't ashamed to do so. That's right. And so his ministry is kind of the, the, the the model by which I chose to follow and that theological mutt thing. So I got, uh, ordained through the assemblies of God. Okay. And then two weeks after that, I was asked by a, a small Southern Baptist church if I would become their pastor I chose to do that for a year, went back to the Assemblies of God. And by the way, uh, on the, the theological spectrum, both Bible-believing, loving uh, mm-hmm. organizations. Yeah. But one would say they're on opposite ends of a, a certain pivot, yeah, uh, a little if, bit. if you will. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I, I chose to do that. And the, the, the AG gave me their blessing. They said, we know you. You go do what you're called to do. Honor God. And I did. And when I got done with that, I went back into the to the touring and I was on you know on tours and evangelist with an ordination of the Southern Baptist Convention and then got called to a church which actually was Assembly of God again, but probably the most non denominational flavored Assembly of God church you've ever heard of. Wow. And so I went back to that, went back into the schooling. They required me to go get a little extra extra credit and and uh they, they gave me the license again. So either I'm theologically horribly confused <laughs> or I just want to honor God wherever he opens the doors. That's and right. that's the way I, I, I look at it. And I think that's what matters. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, those years after being the Christian illusionist. You're married. Yeah. Will you share a little bit because I know that you're divorced. I am. So will you share a little bit of that story for our listeners? Because there's so many people, and I've, I've had other people on the show that talk about this as well, and I, I, don't, I don't think that we can ever dig into it enough yeah. because I feel like there's you know, such a lie mm-hmm. in Christianity that if you're divorced, you can't be in ministry or you're not you know, equal to the other people that are still married or God doesn't love you the same or he can't use you no. as much. 
and you're not worthy, you know, so I would just love it if you would share a little bit of your testimony of, of what you went through and how God brought you through that. Well, uh, I, I will start with this. I own my part of the, the breakup of our relationship. Sure. I was married for 23 years, uh, dated my wife for two and a half years before that. So the last time I'd actually had a date was when I was 17 years old. Um, and it was, uh, devastating for me to, to realize that our relationship had gone different directions and in ways that, that are complicated because I was a children's pastor at a medium sized church here in Denver and she was my executive administrative uh, assistant. And, um, in large part, she found her identity, her, her kudos in more in the job side of things Mm -hmm. than she did from me. Mm -hmm. She would say that, uh, I gave my heart and soul to the ministry and, and possibly, and not possibly, she said it many times that I would choose to serve the people of the church Mm -hmm. before I would cater to or, or serve my family. We didn't see things entirely eye to eye to that, but there's some truth to okay. that, right? I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to deny that, that that's the way that she felt. And I believe that there's, there's some validity mm-hmm. to that. Um, that being said, things did go separate ways for us. And in its going separate ways, she stayed, remained with the church as I, I quit the church in an effort to save my marriage. And four months later, she served me with, uh, papers of legal separation, which is a, a loophole, I believe, in Christianity because the Bible says God hates divorce, mm-hmm. but the Bible doesn't say anything about legal separation, which in the state of Colorado is no different. You separate assets, you separate liabilities, right. you separate the children, and, and you go your separate ways. So, uh, you know, when I, when I went through all of that and I literally came home one day, you know, when I, when I released myself from the church, um, I went back into evangelism because you have to bring home a paycheck. You've got to be able to to provide for your family. Mm-hmm. So I went up to uh, South Dakota on a one-week uh, trip to, to evangelize a church out there uh, or at a church out there. And when I came back, half of my possessions were gone and my two children were left in my home and their mother had moved 22 miles away. Mm-hmm. Um and brought the kids and the kids have been abandoned in my, in my opinion, uh, for, for three days and with no call to me, I had no idea any of it was going on. Wow. And, um, we, we struggled for a few months. Um, and then I decided to, to do my very best effort to reconcile and we brought it back together. Um, and, and for four years we're together. Okay. Um, and in the end, I think I, I understand the words irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, we finally ended up uh, divorced. And it just it wrecked me. And it wrecked everything that I ever thought was a given mm-hmm. in my career, in my family. Um, d- divorce was never a part of my vocabulary. But now here I am one. Yeah. Not just divorced, but a divorced preacher mm-hmm. whose damaged goods to the great majority of the churches. Um, I sat for two and a half years in the back row of a church, uh, a church that I served. Mm-hmm. 
for uh, with, with no one, not one person coming to talk to me and saying, how are you doing? What's going on? Well, and that was my question I wanted to ask was, you know, even during the four years when you guys were working on your marriage yeah. and um, really trying to save your marriage, yeah. did you get a lot of support from other believers and My Christians? wife got a lot of support. Okay. I didn't get any support. Okay. And I don't mean to sound like it's sour grapes or anything. It's just, it, it's kind of the way that it actually happened. Um, you know, I could not in good conscience go back to the church that she was still at and serving uh, during the time, even while we're trying to reconcile. Mm -hmm. I felt like that was a major wedge between us. And um, so during that time, uh, she received all the the support and kudos. We went to counseling for Mm -hmm. years. Uh, we, We did you know, multiple counselors, multiple attempts. We did everything that we knew how to do, um, but she would not give up her connection to that church and the pastor uh, mm-hmm. that ran it. In fact, still works for the pastor, yeah. uh, but not at that church. They moved out to or, or, uh, Washington. And I'll say this, that statement probably leads you down a road that, that people are saying, oh, well, that's obvious. And it's not. I don't believe that there was any physical relationship or romantic relationship between my my wife and my pastor, right? Um, at all. Yeah. I believe that you can have an affair with your job. Sure. And, I think a lot of people. I know I did that, yeah. Eric, in at my old job, and that's one of the reasons that um, when I came back to the Lord, I think I was walking with Him for about a year when He started talking to me about laying my job down. Yeah. And it was in the worst part of the economy. It was like 2008 when everything was crashing and everybody was trying to find a job. And here I was starting to tell my husband and my pastor and my friends, uh, I think I'm supposed to quit my job. And that was a really big deal because I know now, and I even knew a little bit then that the reason that God was asking me to lay that down is because it was a huge wedge in our marriage, because it was where I got all of my fulfillment as a person, as a human, because when I could do good at my job, I felt good about myself and I was fulfilled and I didn't yeah. need anybody else or anything. Right. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's not who I created you to get your fulfillment from. Right. You know, you're supposed to get that from the Lord. Right. And so I was finding all my identity in that. So I can relate so much to that. And, and when I did lay that down, it was super hard. And of course it was, and still is financially a big deal in our sure. family, but I know it's what the Lord called me to do. And I also know it saved my marriage. Because it was a huge wedge in my marriage. Right. And I think my, I know my husband would say the same thing, but I think there's so many people listening that, um, when they see, especially, um, Christians get divorced, but specifically leaders or pastors, I have yeah. other friends that are, that are pastors that have gone through horrific things. Like you're talking about really bad separations and divorces. Yeah. I think it's so tempting to, to make judgments in our hearts. Grace is hard to come by yeah. uh, for the leader in in uh, in any kind of sin or, um, or or tragic separation, any of those kinds of things. And um, and that's that's the paradox of, yeah. of um, you know, we as Christians are only Christians by grace yeah. through faith. It's not of ourselves, but it is the gift of God. Right, mm-hmm. So that no one can boast. But we don't dole out grace as liberally or generously or graciously as the Lord does. Well, and that's one of the reasons that that I called the show what I did, Scandalous right. Grace, because I feel like that that is the Lord's heart. Absolutely. It's his heart for the world. But I think we forget sometimes that it's 
that's his, his heart for us as believers as well. Of course. And if we're meant to follow Christ and do as Christ did, I think, and, you know, and get in the word and read all of his instruction in the word and listen to the Holy Spirit leading right. and guiding us every day by his spirit. One of the things that we're supposed to do is give grace to each other. And I think, like you said, it's so easy to, oh, well, they're unbelievers. They don't know any better. And God bless them. And I just have so much patience and compassion. And I can't judge them because they don't know any better. But then as believers, when we make a mistake, it's like, it's like the wrath of God comes sometimes. It's the wrath of something. Uh, And and here's the thing. Grace is the glue. It's the glue that holds us all together. I mean, we can start at the very beginning. We are created in the image and likeness of Mm. God, which means that there is something about us that is identical to something about God. Yeah. Just breaking it down to the, to the, to the layman's terms. Right. Yeah. But then you break that, you, you move that forward and we understand in the scripture that I, I referenced that it's by grace that we are saved, not uh, through faith that not of ourselves, but it's the gift of God. Right. So that no man can boast. Mm-hmm. We understand that grace is the pivot. It's the actual glue that makes the whole thing called salvation happen. And the reason that we do that, the reason we go into the salvation process is because God desires fellowship mm-hmm. with us. That's right. But then we get sidetracked yeah. on, well, I'm better. Or we do the keep up with the Joneses or the, the, the I don't, I don't know. I don't know what we do, Yeah. but I know it hurts. Yeah, it does. And I would just encourage anybody listening, you know, and we're going to pray at the end of the show, but before we even get to that, I just want to say right now, you know, if you're going through a divorce and you're a believer, then God bless you. And I'm real sorry you're going through that, but the Lord's going to be right there with you. And he's, he brought me through it. I'm divorced and remarried. He's brought Eric through it and and yeah, he's going to bring you through it. You know, here's the thing. Um, if our God is who we say that he is, if he's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful and omniscient, which means he's all knowing and he's omnipresent. And he's totally loving, right? Yeah. Then who is it that that falls outside his ability to love, nurture, grow, save? That's right. Nobody. That's kind of where I land. He's way bigger than all that. (laughs) He's way bigger. Well, can I just ask you real quick before we wrap up? Yeah. When you went through all that, you came out on the other side of it. You know, what would you say was the biggest thing that got you through that time? Uh, I, I would have to say it is a, uh, a passionate love and pursuit of the Lord. I love God so much. People say, don't, whatever you do, don't give up on God. And I would respond, how could I? He's the only one left, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I, I've had some, some great relationships. Uh, Jane Angel Tussie, uh, my, my business partner and her husband, um, probably the most pivotal relationships that I've ever had. Yeah, community is so important. They cared when, yeah. when no one else did, right? right? They carried me when no one else did or could. Um, and, 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 you know, I got a couple of uh, young men who have, you know, they're 26 and 25 year old, years old now. Your boys. And they have uh, grown up and they didn't get messed up. They, they still love God. And they love me and they love their mother and, and they are, uh, proof to me that God's still on the throne and he's still able to use all of us. Amen. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. I love, um, what you said earlier too, about who Jesus was and who is always with, he didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And I say that on the show all the time that, 
you know, Jesus was always hanging out with the sinners, the outcasts, the unlovelies, the unmentionable people, you know, that's who he was. And that's who I want to be as a follower of the Lord. I know that's who you want to be. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. So I'm so thankful that you came and shared your story, Eric. I know it's going to help a lot of people. And I just want to pray for our listeners now before we go. So father God, thank you so much for, um, all the people who are listening who might've like Eric and I talked about today, be going through a divorce, Lord. I pray Mm. your healing for them. Father, I also pray um, that you just bring them out on the other side of it and let them know how much you love them and that you're there for them. I pray that you would heal the people that might have been hurt in church, whether it's from divorce or any other reason, Lord. I just pray for their healing. Father, I pray that you bring godly community around them like you've done for Eric and like you've done for me and so many other people, Lord. I thank you that they would encounter your grace, God. I pray for your scandalous grace to just envelop all of us, Lord. And I thank you for who you are and all that you've done. In the mighty and holy healing name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you guys so much for joining us today. Please email me at scandalousgrace at carlaswanigan.com. Let me know how God's moving in your life. You can find me at carlaswanigan.com and all social media platforms. And just remember... Leave religion out of it and just bring Jesus. We hope you were blessed by today's episode of Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan. Please go to carlaswanigan.com to listen to podcasts, see where Carla will be speaking, and to find out about all of Carla Swanigan Ministries' resources, including her video devotional series. Scandalous Grace with Carla Swanigan is a listener-supported radio ministry outreach. We depend on your prayers and donations. Please go to carlaswanigan.com for ways you can partner with Carla in reaching listeners with God's love and grace. Please join us again next Saturday at 4 p.m. for Scandalous Grace with Carlos Swanigan.